Welcome to today's podcast for the contractor's best friend. I'm your host, Brad Humphrey. And today we're sponsored by Caterpillar and ForConstructionPros.com. I have the honor again to have Jason Hurtis, our cat quarry and aggregates expert, in with me, as well as Lonnie Fritz, our cat heavy construction and road building expert. Well, gentlemen, we've covered a gambit in, in so many of our, uh, of our podcasts, but this one has a little more specific meaning to it. How do we, what is this race we have of, of matching workers to our equipment or do we match? Do we match equipment to our workers? <laughs> Jason, let me start off with you. What, give give us some insights on how do you see matching workers to the equipment? Well, for me, I think it's a little bit simpler than the than the heavy construction. Uh, obviously, everything for us in a quarry starts in the pit, mm. and that's really where you want your most seasoned, most experienced person because they are the quarterback for the rest of the process. So I would keep my most experienced, my most seasoned person as my primary person in that piece of equipment, whether it's a loader or an excavator or a shovel, just to make sure that my production and my process stayed there. Then I would start to mix in different experience levels, you know, into the yard. You can have an extremely experienced person in the yard. Also put a a novice or an intermediate person in there because they're going to watch and observe from the experienced one. And you'll watch their production come up and match them. And then, you know, brand new hires, it doesn't hurt to be on the fuel truck or the lube truck. It doesn't hurt to be on a support piece of equipment. Put them on a skid steer, you know, hand-eye coordination. Teach them how to run around the conveyor system and how to be safe and how to use the rear view cameras and all those things that they're going to see in the other pieces of equipment on a lot smaller scale and get them indoctrinated, get them used to everything. And then again, progress and promote and pay them as they progress through the operation to hopefully end up as the pit operator. Yeah, that's, that's good. It's, that's really good advice. And I think there's applications for in the field, in the construction industry as well, in terms of crews and all that. But I like what you said was you're actually, you didn't say it this way, but, but the way you're talking to me, it sounds like you really are giving them an opportunity to see the entirety of what's going on. Yeah, I think that's important. They need to know what their job is and how it applies to the rest of the process. I think they also need to know that they have growth within Mm -hmm. the process Mm -hmm. and not have to understand, hey, when I've made it, I I know I'm going to be running that 988 and loading those 775 trucks. That's how I know I made it. But to get there, I got these four or five other steps to go through. That's a good transition to you, Lonnie. Take take me down this road a little bit then. Yeah, it's... it's it's common to not really be able to uncover one's skills right. until you give them that opportunity, yep. right? When I looked at this, Brad, I was, and you mentioned the topic, I, it's it's workers to equipment for me. You know, if the shoe fits, wear it is, is kind of as the saying goes. And giving them opportunities as a new employee, exposing them across many different, you know, aspects of the job. If you're a laborer, you, are you going to start out as a flagger? Are you going to be the one involved down in the ditch that has to get millimeter accuracy with a sanitary storm sewer system laying the pipe? <laughs> I mean, that's a big difference in responsibility. Huge. Yeah. And then a retrospect to that on the flip side of that is I always said that the flagger is the most important person on the job because it's back to safety. So right. you get my point, though, as a detail that that's involved in the but operation again, and the, the task why behind this that's, stuff. That's yeah. right. And the importance and and always, especially with the current generation of workers, they want to see that blue dot out in front of them, that gold star out in front of them. What is the hierarchy? Can I go from labor, labor foreman, superintendent, 
you know, on up to management and, and on beyond from there and, and develop and grow out those skills. Mm-hmm. When you look at it, the operator side is it goes back to complexity. Yeah. How complex is the operation or not oper- the operation or the machine or not the machine? You know, if you look at a dozer from pushing off on a waste site all the way to finish grading, the dozer can do both of those jobs very, very well. Can the individual in the seat? They're not autonomous machines. Yeah. We give you a lot of ease of use features, right. but that operator still has to be able to accomplish those multiple applications. Day one, I don't care if you've been on a simulator or not, you may not be able to cut a ditch effectively and be able to be on grade. Um, you know, just getting into that machine and getting used to it. So a lot to be said about training yeah. in new individuals and what they um, what their skill sets are and the opportunity out in front of them for their career. Opportunity is a big deal. And, and a lot of times younger people that came in, they may not even think of opportunities at this point. You know, there was an interesting study that came out a couple of years ago about what new employees are looking for the most and then why they quit, maybe why they quit an organization. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting, the feedback or the results. The results was no one's talking to me, no one's training me, and no one's coaching me. Now, that, that, that order of those three might be a little bit different depending on how, how a question was framed. But, you know, this really has a lot to do with what we're talking about right now because, um, you know, when we're hiring people, the last thing we need to do is not touch them, not do anything to, to educate them. Because without that, we know what we're going to wind up with. We're probably going to wind up, if they stay, someone who's not learning, not motivated. But if they are learning, they may get intimidated, but they're at least engaged and we're at least hitting one of those needs that they have. Teach me, teach me, Mm -hmm. teach me. Um, You know, the other side of the coin is, is it possible to match equipment to workers? I mean, it sounds so odd to even say that. I'm going to say that's a difficult one, Brad. That's a difficult one. Where where my mind goes there is I I always go back to application and what is it we're trying to accomplish. Yeah. In industry, past experience, lived it so many days and years, and that is you had your mass excavation crews and you had your finished crews. And literally, the mass excavation crew would go forward because why? They were the dirt hoggers. They could run the big iron. And they took pride in that. They took pride in it. That's right. They could get you plus or minus a foot, Mm -hmm. but were they really fit for the finishing machines and the the tactics and the the precision that went behind finishing the job? Not necessarily. So you knew where to put your more aggressive bulldogs, per se, Mm -hmm. out ahead and the ones that fit better. And I know that's not matching the machine to the person, but I guess it, to me, they're somewhat synonymous. Yeah. Um, and, and when I look at that past experience, you knew the finesse crew, you're going to be on the paving crew. You have attention to detail. Yeah. You know how to sell a job. You know, you knew the people that could come in to finish out the project and sell it to the owner. Wasn't always necessarily the people in the beginning or in the middle. But but what you're saying, I, I like what you're saying, because I've actually been at some of the conferences that you guys go to and you even mm-hmm. speak at where I've actually stood with a, an owner at a piece of equipment. It might've been a CAD equipment. It might've been another piece of equipment somewhere else on the show floor. But, and I, I distinctly remember, oh man, Bobby's going to love this. Or, oh, this was, this machine was made for Tim and Joe, you know, kind <laughs> of a thing. And, and the, the fact is, I think contractors sometimes do think in those terms, you know, am I buying the equipment for the people that I have? And I think the focus there is where are my people at today? Uh, if I'm confident they're not leaving me, I probably do sort of think about this equipment would be better for Joe because he's capable of handling the complexity mm-hmm. that it might do. But he can, he's capable of doing that. Or, you know, I probably ought to back off, probably ought to buy this model because this it's, it's a good thing. But this guy, you know, Joey's going to be able to run this a lot easier and not have any problems with it. So it is something I think is interesting because if I hadn't heard some of those owners say things mm-hmm. like that, I would thought it's kind of an odd way of looking at this. 
And we've had the conversation in the past, Brad, of listen to your operators. That's right. Do you take your operators to Con Expo? Perfect. Or are they just supposed to be back home generating revenue? Mm. Take those key operators mm. with you to hear their firsthand voice of your business mm. so you, they can influence those buying decisions. Mm. So when you are looking at those machines, you're matching that machine to what they said, what they prefer. I don't care if it's controls, response, power, technology, you name it. Um, that's that's another way of, again, the machine to the operator. I can't think of anything more scary as an owner buying a piece of equipment. I don't have anybody in mind to run. Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got to, you kind of got to know the talent pool that you're starting yeah. with or the talent pool you're trying to develop to, mm-hmm. and then, you know, match the ease of use features or the technology on that to fill the gaps. Cause you don't want to, I don't think any manager ever wants to put one of their employees in a, in a position or in a piece of equipment to fail. No. You know, they always want to try to set them up for success. And the more you know about that individual skill set and the and the caliber that they've tried to display right to try to match that to what that machine can enhance of that individual yeah. and or you know narrow the the development gap yeah i think if you can figure that out you'll be extremely successful yeah and you know and you, you we've done enough podcasts together you know we don't always you know we don't purposely put a commercial in here but one thing i do appreciate about caterpillar and i think there's probably others out there that do the same thing but but y'all do a really good job of bringing people along. If the owner and the person is interested in wanting to grow with a piece of equipment, I think that that's more than possible and the resources are there. Lonnie, I'll give you the last say on this. Any other final thoughts on matching those workers with equipment or, or vice versa? Any thoughts? What is it you want to do with your career, Mr. or Mrs. Operator? Yeah. What really gets you excited? Because you could be out on the job that's site. That's right. Um, aggregate based course yeah and they say you know what i really have a thirst to go work at a batch plant mm-hmm. you do mm-hmm. or i'd really like to go on our aggregate side of the business i think it'd be really cool to be on the material production is, side <laughs> <laughs> i had to say it for you heard i many picks up on things quickly <laughs> you know so talk to them because what's it going to do we're back to retention we're back to happiness we're back to buying into the corporation love and the culture expanding out their career for growth and development talk to them i know that that term gets overused employee valuation but it's not so much of here's what we see tell us what you see what you would like to accomplish and how we can enable you you know we work for a large corporation called caterpillar we have growth and development plans and things like that to continue to educate ourselves doesn't mean the industries can't do that as well. And some of them are doing a great job out there and I applaud you for that. No, and I, and I do appreciate you sharing that because I do think that we do miss the point a lot of times in construction in in the industry that we don't always give those people an opportunity. We don't always provide those resources. And we're now we're back into training, which how many times we go back to that, you know, from time to time. But really what it comes down to is, is we have a different set of workforce coming into the market, to, into our companies. And we just have to adapt. And part of that is in order to match a worker to equipment or vice versa, we got to know what they're capable of doing, what their interests are. And, and then provide those opportunities. Or we do stand a chance at losing some really talented people. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you for the time. And those of you that are listening, obviously, you always can uh, listen to this again. We're glad you've been with us. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed any of the podcasts that we've done. And, uh, hey, go out and make some money, but have a great day. Want more tips from Caterpillar experts? Go to cat.com and select the Construction Industries page. In fact, look for Experts Tips tech and tools to find out more information.